Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Spooky Halloween month. Podcast. Okay. My intros have been off lately. <laughs> it's a CU podcast for October first, Tuesday, two thousand nineteen. Alongside frightful Ian Ferguson. Woo! I'm scary Pat Country. We'll be talking about some good gaming and pop culture news. Spider Man back in the MCU. Mario Kart Tour on your mobile device. The Atari VCS back in the news. As well as uh, at games having some issues with Walgreens of all people and Namco Bandai and your Q and A and a Patreon poll, Ian, Pat, you you got a video review in the works. This is shocking. I have a video review in the works, and I have a podcast coming out too. What uh, the uh, the extra napkins podcast? Okay, were you going to tell me about this? I extra was napkins. telling you about it earlier this morning. <laughs> What's the Extra Napkins podcast going to be, Ian? Uh, it's uh, uh, John and I uh, talking about food, food topics, just whatever. Okay. Just anything. Just okay. anything. All right. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I hope you're not getting too splintered between that. Yoi Koi Kids, you have all these other uh, podcasts out there. Not the good old CU podcast. Your bread and butter CU podcast. Just keeping not, my head not your, occupied. Not your ba- bagel and cream cheese uh, CU podcast. Your bread and butter CU podcast. No, bagel and cream cheese would... would I mean, bagel and cream cheese is far more important than uh, bread and butter. Just And just to get back to that harrowing story last week, I'm not against bagels and cream cheese. But butter should be an option as well with your bagel. It should be. I wouldn't discount it. So I need to ask. What, what, I don't remember this this thing, this bagel issue. What, what, With my what? Uncle John from last week? Oh, Probably right. Fun yeah, 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 yeah. That, right. That's right. Okay. I couldn't remember. I thought it was about a pizza. That's right. It was about I don't the want, bagel. I don't want people to think that. I, I'd say 80% of the time I use cream cheese on my bagels, but you should be able to have a nice, oh, like, everything bagel uh, with butter. Butter is a fine option. I'm just gonna say it. Cream right cheese there. is my cream cheese is say, my go-to, but I will I will butter a bagel. I mean, to me, one of the finest finest things you can eat is a is a nice a nice uh, bagel with cream cheese and locks, like it, you know, so or to, or tomato slice on there. Like that's the best thing. It was you can one of the eat. first things I ate when I got into Buffalo. Was I walked across the street to the bagel shop and got a bagel with locks. Yeah. Whenever yeah. I go, whenever I go to the, go do to you like, want the capers and the we, tomato and the onion? Yes, I want the capers and the tomato and the onion. Put it on there. We still gotta go to Bally High uh, brunch with Vonnie, and you know I'll eat locks, lots of locks, locks of love. Will Joey rude the Senna pop out of one of our bags and, and, and take your locks? And take the locks off my plate like Clan of the Grey Wolf did I that really, one time. I really wish I hadn't brought that up. I, I should have waited to see if you would have brought it up because oh, no, you brought I, it up every time. No, I totally forgot. Thanks for reminding me how disgusting <laughs> and inappropriate that was seven years ago that Rue did that to me. He took the locks off my plate, That's for fine. God's sake. It's not the end of the world. He said, well, Pat, there's more right there. I said, yes, there's more right there. You can get your own locks. That's why it's a buffet. <laughs> I'm not a dirty heathen. We love Rue. We love. We miss Rue. I'll, I'll give Rue a call. Let's see. I, I'm going to see what the. I'll, I'll find out what the latest in the LED lighting technology world. Is I was just going to say, there. I love that light bulb wizard. Yes, yeah, he works in LED lights. You know, the YouTube thing's far gone. 
at this point, but he likes the LED light stuff. Uh, uh, a certain superintendent guidebook is, is is somewhere in the Pacific Ocean right now. I radioed the uh, the captain the other day just, just to make sure everything was fine, everything was good. One of those gigantic cargo ships. Uh, you can go to ultimatesnes.com right now and uh, read through it. Ian, what do you think of the book so far? I I flipped through it the other last night actually when I was uh, sober, very sober, and I I enjoyed it. It's visually appealing. Wow. Yeah. I was hedging my bets that you even opened, cracked it open. Oh no, at all. I did. I did. Wow, my heart is actually like a flutter now, Ian, because in the past you had been like, I haven't had time to look at it. No, I looked at, at it. it. What, 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 any reviews you actually read through? Or? No, I was I was going through like the articles and just the layout and the You're design. Like, Isn't the layout nice? Yeah, that's what I was looking at. I didn't read anything yet. Well, okay, I'll, ta- I'll take it. He, he opened, he cracked it open. He looked through it. I did. <laughs> well, and the thing was, I, I was I was walking. I, I was literally what happened was I was walking to the kitchen to get a glass of water, and I walked by it, and I was like, I need to open this book and look at it. So I sat yes, down Ian. and I opened the book and I looked at uh, it. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, our friendship isn't totally dead yet. There you opened is. up the the book that heart and soul went into, as well as a lot of money. Because uh, I, again, I, I pay the people that work on my book. It's a good that's thing my, to do. That's my competitive advantage, being a, a, a ethical business person. I mean, also your book is not garbage. That too. That's part of the what you pay. You get what you pay Anyways. for. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Ian. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, he, he, he's actually sticking up for Pat. Uh, this is good. We're we're, we're 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 in lockstep here. Um, um. So speaking of Super Nintendo, I got the uh, I got the controller. Where did I put the controller? The Switch Online controller. Oh, it's over there. As I, Jesus, my cleaner fell. Uh, Switch Online controller here. It looks like a Super Nintendo controller. Yeah, it looks nice. That's all I can say about it. And then it's also in French and also in uh, Spanish at the bottom. Interesting. Uh, there. Yeah, I'll try it out. Give it a go. Have you been playing some Super Nintendo? I played some. Have you even downloaded the Super Nintendo? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. But I did download Mario Kart Tour and play that, which we'll get into. We will get into that. Um, you think I want to play more Super Nintendo games after I edge the book? Like, I want to relax a little bit. I want, I want to oh, cool off a bit. Fine. Um, but the big news, Ian. Yes. Our fra- favorite little Queens teenager, Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Back in the MCU. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm kind of a little really? bit. Like, a little bit. There was no way that like, that wasn't... That, the, okay. that, to me, I, seemed like way too calculated of a way to bring up hype. No, oh no! I think it was touch and go because this is why, Ian. Because if it was if it was not planned, all that shit went down days before D twenty three, so they couldn't mention Spider Man at all, uh, Disney, and that was strange for everyone. That's fair. I don't necessarily mean that it was planned, but I it, there's no way that they were not going to reach some sort of conclusion on that. There's sure. too much. There's okay. too much money on the table for all parties yeah. involved. Yeah. So, so if, for those who don't know, this happened when Ian was gone uh, on his Buffalo garbage plate trip. Um, was that the deal between Sony? Uh, Sony has the movie rights for Spider-Man. They have since the early two thousands when Marvel went bankrupt and sold off all their properties to stay alive. The movie rights, and they have them all back now, with the exception of Spider-Man and the weird Universal Hulk deal. I won't get into. That's still a very strange one. They can use Hulk in the movies, but they can't have a Hulk movie. That's that's why Hulk is teaming up, and that's why like right. Ryan Rock was like a team at like it was like a, anyway. it was a Hulk movie, it was kind of, of a like, half yeah, a Hulk, Hulk movie. Yeah. Um, anyway, so so the, they did negotiations, uh, but they fell through to keep them going. So so uh, Disney slash Marvel, Kevin uh, Feige, 
uh, who's been the mastermind behind the MCU, uh, throw all the money at him. Uh, he produced uh, Homecoming and Far From Home. Sony, Sony still distributes it and does that and puts up the money, but they don't actually make it. It right. was Disney making it. Um, and, they, and in return for that, uh, they were getting 5% of the ticket gross. Uh, uh, Disney was, 5%. So they wanted to renegotiate, and then Sony was playing hardball. They didn't want to give up any more of the money. And they settled on, I'm not Nostradamus, they settled on exactly what I said they were going to do, which is 25%. So uh, Disney puts up 25% of the money, backing it, they get 25% of the ticket gross. That to me is fair, because this is what would have happened. If that, if the next Spider-Man movie came out not tied to the MCU, all the bad press, would they would have made a, at least 25% less anyway. At least 25% less. And the fact that they're putting it less of their money, it's, it's, they, would have, they would have lost out anyway, uh, Sony, on this. They would have lost out big time. Just yeah. from the bad PR, especially that's the, how I would. Th- yeah. That was my thing. It was like they 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 announced it and one, like I said, I, too much money on the table. I thought, but there was they would not recover from that. No, that was a lot of bad blood. Especially since they they were so tied into the MCU from the first two movies with Happy and everything else. Uh, from what I read, they couldn't have used m- probably most of the elements from those movies if the deal fell through. They had to like start from scratch for a third movie. It would have been disastrous. From what I understand, Happy would have been out. Uh, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. But some, I'm not sure the other characters could have stayed either. I don't know how that was in place. Either way, it would have been, it would have been sloppy. It would have been sloppy. Um, did you see it yet? Uh, I haven't seen. Did you see Far From Home? I haven't seen Homecoming. Wow. Okay. You got to see them. You do. They're worth it. I, are they on Netflix? They might be on Netflix. Uh, no, they are. And I do yeah. want to see them. Well, the I first just, one is. I fell off of the. I, I just. I, there's a. So, I started. I, blah, 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 blah. I have to see a couple of those. So movies. this is what happened. All you, all you Venom morons saw that movie and gave Sony a false sense that we can do stuff on our own here. That garbage movie. So they're like, you know, we don't need, you know, even though Disney resurrected the character for us because we didn't know what the hell we we're doing with the Amazing Spider-Man movies, we don't need him anymore. So they worked it out, thankfully. They worked it out, and you're going to have at least one more Spider-Man MCU film, and then they, they negotiated for one more appearance in another MCU movie. But what's going to happen is that they're going to try to do their own Spider-Verse. So they're going to have MCU movies of Spider-Man. And then Sony's going to do their own fucked up Spider-Verse that no one asked for or cared about. That's going to have no connection to the MCU like Cool. With, cool. They announced a, a Madam Web movie. I've read, Ian, hundreds of Spider-Man comics. I don't remember any of them that, that had Madam Web in them. I, I honestly don't. I couldn't name her as as a and Spider-Man has one of the best uh, villain galleries next to like Batman. I don't think she's in the top twenty uh, Spider-Man villains, and I can start rattling them off if you really want me to for Spider-Man uh, villains that should have a movie if you're going to go that direction before you get to someone like Madam Web. You're looking around because you're like, I don't know who that is. I don't. I don't know who Madam. The whole Web point is. is that she's like a multiverse character, so I guess they're trying to do their own thing to bring Peter back into the Spider-Verse with Venom and. No one would see that. I mean, no one's going to see the Morbius movie. Less than nobody would see a Madam Web movie if they went in that weird direction. There's maybe three Spider-Man villains that could carry their own movie. They already used one of them, Venom. Maybe you could do a Green Goblin movie. Maybe someone would see a Norman Osborn movie. I don't know. But that you're running, you're running thin at that point. They they they, they thought about doing a Craven the Hunter movie at some point. They, I don't know a Sinister Six movie. It's silly, but the fact that we're getting, a, we're getting a Spider-Man movie in two years, at least you'll get to tie up what the huge cliffhanger, which I won't give away now, 
from from uh, far from home. You at least get to tie it up and put a bow on it, even if then after that point there'll be no M- more MCU Spider-Man. I still think there will be because the amount of marketing money that Sony gets from this to see the movie, you got to keep them in the other like, the other outside movies. You have to. Like everyone wins. Oh, I can't. I can't imagine that. I have uh, a feeling that they'll make it seem touch and go, and they'll probably try to renegotiate as often as they can. But I, I can't. I can't ever see him completely leaving the MCU once it's in there. And my main reasons are, uh, like I said, purely monetarily, it would be stupid to. And two, you're going to get a lot of fan backlash here. I mean, you don't want to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I'm going to say to everyone out there: Don't see the Morbius movie. Sony's getting too big for their britches. No one wants to see these weird villains. Well, Morbius is an anti-hero character, but no one cares. Morbius had a small run like in the early 80s, and no one's thought of him since, really. And don't say, well, he had a he had a one-shot in 2006. No, no one in the mainstream cares about Morbius or cares about vampire movies like that, that they're going to see that. Uh, Excuse me, I love vampire movies. Besides Ian, okay, then wait for Blade to come out then. All right, wait, wait for the Blade reboot the contract there all right well so that's what's going on we're going to be at portland retro gaming expo october 19th and 20th two and a half weeks my god i know okay um i got stuff to do before I, yeah <laughs> I, I, leave, I leave two weeks from thursday so yeah you're going on thursday <laughs> going on thursday coming back monday we see our friends it's it's the mecca of, of the retro gaming uh, community there you know everyone's going to be there i always recommend uh, that if you go to one, go to Portland. And uh, if you go to two, go to Long Island as well. Very good uh, convention here. Hey, but, uh, for the pizza alone, you go to Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. That was a magical night, Ian, with me, you, and Frank. That was a night. That was a night. I, I, had, I had a couple of magical nights uh, just eating shit in the lobby of that hotel. <laughs> well, you didn't invite me to the other shit-eating party. I, was, I wasn't there at that one, unfortunately. You were out having sushi. Oh, the sushi. That's yeah, right. you were all out having sushi. I didn't have the... I didn't have the the, the the intestinal fortitude to go out and be very public. Oh, real quick. The Raw reboot happened last night. And um, they have a whole new uh, announced team, including um, uh, our pal, or my pal, Brennan Williams, who's in NXT now. And then when I saw the announcement, I had no idea he got into announcing. He's been the 205 uh, live announcer. As uh, as uh, Dio Madden, I had no clue. So when I turn on Raw, I'm like, I know that guy, six foot seven, gigantic black man. I'm like, I know that guy. Then I double check. I'm like, that's that's him. So so if I, I told you the story. I met him at Pax, oh, uh, yeah, Pax yeah. East, like six seven years ago when yeah. he was just coming off of, of being on the Jaguars. His dad was an NFL player, a super nice guy, and you know kept in touch throughout the years. He got into NXT, and I had no idea that he's now the, the color commentator on 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 Raw, and he's big into like you know a, uh, you know anime stuff and uh, and video game stuff, which a lot of the younger guys are now. But well, congrats to him for for making it to Raw as as a color commentator. That's pretty cool, isn't that cool? And he's doing it along with um, uh, who's he doing it along with uh, the, the other the two hundred five play play by play play by play guy uh, uh, Vic? Uh, what's his name? God, I don't know. Uh, and then Jerry the King Lawler is the third mic, but uh, yeah, congrats to them. Um, they, they it's it's uh, Vic Joseph. That's the that's the color uh, the play by play guy that's on there now, and they did a great job for the first time. It was pretty smooth. Yeah, obviously they're going to grow into it, you know. And, and as you go, that's a big thing going from two or five live to a three hour raw. 
And that's that's like, wow, holy crap. But um, Yeah, that's a huge jump. That's a big huge jump. Such as the audience is like, you know, ten times bigger at least that's watching uh Raw season premiere uh there. So yeah, good for our, our pal Brennan there. Hopefully I run into it. It was it was actually at, at a Retropalooza Houston like three years ago, since he's from Texas. Because he he trained with uh, Booker T, I believe. So he was down there at the time. Because oh, cool. Booker T has his wrestling school there. Um, and I have another friend who might be trained with Booker T, which I won't talk about right now. So anyway, so congrats to that. Um, and then uh, the competitor AEW is tomorrow, Ian. We got to check that out. We'll check the competitor. It out is well. tomorrow, isn't it? AEW Dynamite. What is it tomorrow. on? TNT. TNT. Do I even get that? You don't get TNT. Oh, you don't have cable. I don't have cable. Okay, well, you might have to get some other nefarious streaming ways. Yeah, I'm they sure. They can use NordVPN to help. NordVPN.com <laughs> slash CU Podcast. Use code CU Podcast. Save there. All right, Ian. Yes. Mobile games are huge right now. They are. We, we, we talked about Apple Arcade a week ago. Having fun with that. Yeah. You know, Frogger, good game. I'm still uh, still screwing around with stuff. I found one called What the Golf. That's pretty fun. What the Golf? What the Golf. Yep. That one's pretty good, too. So I, I, I downloaded Mario Kart Tour, Ian. Yep. You've, you've been having fun with it. Well, fun. Fun is a... Relative term? Relative term. Um, so I downloaded... So right I, I had Mario Kart Tour uh, on the pre-download, and it downloaded, and I just kept looking at it for a couple of days, and I was like, I'm never going to play this. It's not going to be any good. I don't care. And then two, three nights ago, I was sitting around, and I was like, you know, I should probably just see what this is like. I was like, we're going to want to talk about it on the podcast. So I fire it up, and I'm playing it. And I'll say one thing about the game um, before I get into all the other shit. I think the core game is pretty decent to be honest with you it's a good translation of mario kart onto a phone it's it's a phone it's a a one finger a one finger control it's a mario kart game that i can play with one hand i can hold the phone in one hand and play the entire game wipe your butt with the other hand i can play it well um it gives me a little bit of a it it, it scratches the itch for lawn care outside lawn care (laughs) scratches my itch for lawn care no it it scratches the itch to play something like mario kart and i think it's done well yeah so the the cart always goes forward and then you're controlling the jumps by tapping um so you still get those same sort of bonus jumps like you do in the mario kart you don't actually have to do it you don't have to do it no it just does it it does it for you i was hitting my thumb on it each time i'm breaking my phone doing that Uh, really yeah it just does it you get the auto bonus for doing the jumps off the ramps yep I, don't, I feel less skilled now. You should have told me that. <laughs> so you hit the back button or front button to throw items forward or backwards. So they swipe up or swipe back. Yeah, and then you and you and you can turn uh, left or right, or you can, you can put it on uh, regular steering or or drift mode, where you don't turn anymore. You just do the drift, which you can still turn. It just makes it more difficult. But then you get the, the you get the, the the drift turbo boost. Right, and it works pretty well. Um, it works pretty well. I, I I I do a lot of the drifting in Mario Kart on console, so sure. I, I I felt like I could get a hang of the the drifting on the iOS version, and and it's not hard to pick up. Um, the problem is. This game is absolutely packed to the gills with ways that it's trying to get money out of you. Um, you can earn stuff, but um, like you can earn stuff like coins, rubies. Those these are like the two main um, 
currencies. Rubies are used to fire off uh, the pipe, which is essentially the gotcha machine that you would see in a lot of other similar games of the type. And you get your not exactly random prize. Uh, it can be a new cart. It can be a new racer. Um, or you can use coins uh, that you do earn in races at a very slow, slow drip um, to go into the shop that changes, I believe, daily. Coins and, purchase things directly that you can earn. earn. Right. Well, coins purchase things directly that you can get randomly out of the gotcha machine. Okay. But the coins you earn in the races. Yes. For, oh, yes. For, yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah, for, yes. for coming in first or second or whatever, and for doing uh, like tricks or whatever and hitting enemies with your items, you earn coins as you go. Right. Exactly. So that's, so that's where you don't have to pay... Then you got to grind away to get the coins. The rubies, on the other hand, you can pay, and they will give them to you in small amounts during, uh, like, for you, level ups. You can and, earn the, them as well. So and, right now, I played uh, the first yes. two courses. I earned twenty of them, a little more. Twenty. I think I did two gotcha what? things. Uh, rubies. Oh, they start you off with ten. Okay, so then I probably earned about fifteen because I, I think I've done the machine twice. Once it's like, hey, try it out, kid, and I tried it. It almost forced me to try it. It, to, it, to, it forces you to, to try do it. five to get into it. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is how you you get into gambling. So, the way the game works from there is there's really no real difference between the characters and the carts, from what I can tell. With the with the characters, at least. Um, it's 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 the difference between I believe their special weapons that they they sure. each get. So I started off with Toadette. They gave me Toadette as my first random racer. They give you Toadette, I think, from the start, and oh, then my random racer, I got Peach right out of the gate. Oh, which, I got Bowser, which made me happy. I earned Bowser or got Bowser. Um, when you start a race, though, different different racers, different uh, gliders, and different um, carts. Uh, all will like per track certain certain racers carts and gliders are better for certain tracks so that's where they get you because otherwise if as soon as you get a character that you like you you'd probably be less inclined to keep firing off that cannon but they actively made the game so that they want you to you know constantly be swapping out characters so that you get a bigger advantage in races like if you have a um, a racer that is particularly uh, useful for the course that you're going to be on. Uh, when you get an item box, you'll get three items instead of one item. So it's no longer or two items. You have your favorite racer, and you should be good as long as you maybe switch out your loadout on your. Now it's like you know you got to switch your racer, uh, right? That's, yeah. And that and that gets you to to purchase and to exactly earn more coins. That's uh, your your the the um you know the supposed- and you level up each individual racer too, right? And then you can get doubles of racers and use those to level up the racer. So it quickly becomes this acquire, acquire, acquire game. Um, it makes the game look ugly with all of the, uh, like, you know, with all of the uh, advertisements for, uh-huh. um, you know, uh, get this New York pack and this, that, and the next thing. So, And it's the price of these things. Let me just talk about that. Oh, yeah, the currency is gross. So the, the, rubies. Ru- the rubies pack... Three for two dollars that gets you gets you what a launch out of the it doesn't gu- a launch is five okay so that doesn't even get why do they offer three I guess ten is six dollars that gives you two launches uh, f- if you want to go up to like ninety three is fifty dollars so that would give you uh, what was that Pat math like uh, ninety three like thirty thirty one not even f- ninety three divided by five is like sixteen sixteen fucking launches. The good news is that they give you the odds of getting this crap. That's listed directly. Yeah. The odds of getting that crap. And a lot of it's low. Oh, yeah. They're below a percentage, a lot of them. Uh, they're like 0.3%, some of them. But they also have stuff like 
the Gold Pass, which is $5 a month subscription. So what that gets you is uh, you get more badge, badges from gold challenges. You get uh, gold gifts by racing in tours. You unlock the 200cc race. I didn't know you can't earn that by yourself. I, I just earned the 100 one. I think I just earned 150. I can't imagine 200cc being any fun on this. Just uh, just to throw that out there. Because it, it's hard with one figure to, to, to go as is. Yeah. To stay on the track and everything with the drifting. So that's $5 a month to, to get... Uh, a CC track and the, the opportunity to earn more crap. And then, like you said before, you mentioned there's a special offer for $20 where that gets me 45 rubies. You get the Mario Racer and you get a, a five star tickets. What the hell is a star ticket? A star ticket can be exchanged for grand stars. Well, what's a grand star now? I don't know what that is. Those are the, I believe those are the stars that you unlock by doing good in the courses to keep yourself moving through the circuits. So in order to keep playing, you have to get that? No, are... no. Like you unlock stars by beating courses okay. with a certain score. You need a certain number of unlocked stars gotcha. to unlock the next course. Gotcha. I mean, you can earn them as you win the races, but this will get you further. So I you believe, to... yes. If you so get... I'm already getting confused. There's, there's too many different things going on. There's like four different types of currency. You can buy eight different things. I'm just, I'm really not surprised it went this direction. Because obviously... Super Mario Run did poorly because it didn't. It wasn't free to play, but it was ten dollars, which I thought was well worth it. But in the in the iOS, that's what environment, I would rather do. In the yes. iOS environment, uh, people aren't used to that. I got a lot of play. I I completed the entirety, all the black coins. I love Super Mario Run. I thought that was worth ten dollars. Oh, me. Super Mario Run's a great game. Um, yeah, it, this it, is the opposite extreme, though. This the 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 way that it's put together. Um, and I must stress again, I like the actual gameplay. I think it, it was fun to sit on the couch and literally watch TV while also kind of playing. And like, it, it was fun. But um, this really saps all the joy out of a game that is normally incredibly happy. And Mar- I mean, they went from Mario Run to Fire Emblem and um, the Animal Crossing one, and then to Dr. Uh, Mario. Dr. Mario. And with each one, their games had, went from something that was kind of polished to introducing some mechanics to uh, now they look like the free-to-play shit that's, that's everywhere. Um, and, and it's a bummer. And then on top of all that, the game comes out the week after... Um, Apple Arcade. Apple Arcade, which yeah. is five dollars a month. Five dollars a month on Mario Kart Tour doesn't unlock the game. It just lets you get maybe a couple extra rubies when you get to the the, uh, the present bot. Like so, when you play the tours, as you go along the tours, which are you know the four track races, uh, every once in a while you'll unlock, uh, you'll you'll reach a, a present box, and the present box will cost toss you a couple rupees and some uh, rubies and some gold. Well, if you have the gold pass, it'll give you a couple more rubies and a little bit more gold. It's it, it, it's it, it's the wor- it's the worst of what people don't like about mobile games. Yeah. Because I'm looking at it now. There's the items that you can buy with coins that you earn are timed. So I'm going to grind to get coins, or or maybe expensive. Or I can or I can spend the spend the extra money to get coins easier. And then they have like the I have 11 hours left to fire the gotcha fucking pipe thing and hopefully get Pauline. Hopefully, believe- that's 11 hours left. Yeah. I believe if you fire off the forty-five rubies, you, like if you, you do definitely the 10, get it, you definitely get it. But still. that's like that's like sp- spending twenty bucks at the Jersey Shore wheel to make sure you get the item instead of maybe by chance giving up five bucks right. on the wheel. It's just dirty at that point. So I, I think people, 
I'd rather spend ten dollars again to get it outright. Give me, give me, and maybe you still have some things here and there. Give me eighty-five percent of the game for a, a price, and then maybe give me the opportunity to buy a little more. I'd be happier. Sure, but you know who wasn't happy with Nintendo? That? Nintendo because it yeah. didn't work for him. I, I, I give him credit for trying, um, but it didn't work. And despite the fact that, like I. I have these concerns. You have them. A lot of people online who have played it. I think the best thing most people have said is, "Hey, the gameplay is okay, but this shit is garbage." All the you know the surrounding shit. It's just is, too much. It's it, not just one or two things. It's like five things. Right. I'm looking at. Um. It 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 had a. It's either on its way to, or it already did break all records for like a game launch on iOS for people who downloaded it. So sure. yeah. So it's gonna make Nintendo some money. Absolutely. It's going to make him money, but at this point, I've really kind of lost interest. I, I, I'm almost sad that I did end up opening it and trying it because it's kind of a bummer that I think, there's, I think I think there's kind of a, a, there's a cute, fun, simple racer at the core of this, but it's just so loaded with cynical money-grubbing bullshit that I probably will not go back to it. Yeah. It's a shame, but I mean... It's funny that in the course of like four years, it went from we'll never have mobile games to now this is the ultimate mobile type of game. But with Nintendo's polish and cute characters, but now we're going to try to get as much money out as you. And I, and we're going to turn you upside down and shake the coins out of your pocket like in a cartoon. And we were both guilty of saying that they wouldn't go this route, but uh, they did. Um, and I mean, here we are. Even even Nintendo has to succumb to the mobile market. But even the, the Dr. Mario game just came out like, what, two months ago? Yeah. It didn't have... A third of the amount of stuff that this has. Apparently, it does. We just didn't, oh, we didn't get to that. We I mean, just didn't play far. And I played a lot, but I guess after like the 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 generous, what it seemed like fairly generous grace period, I've had a lot of people tell me it's real bad in that one too. Oh, really? If you I, lose, I, you get to pay to get back in more quickly. Well, and I think they do a I lot did. of god. I think they probably added more char- more doctor characters, so there's more gotcha stuff. Like I was the, having fun with Doctor Mar. I mean, I was having fun so with it. Like yeah. I said, I think there's a, a flat fee. I'd pay for some of this stuff. Um, if if people are into this, like, if... Can for, I do multiplayer against you? Is that something we can do right now or no? No. That's not in there yet? No. As far as I can... Uh, that that should be there at some point. But um, I think multiplayer right now is just comparing leaderboards for the ranked... ranked and there's... Posi- on top of all this other stuff, I got to track now position points, points on top of, like, rubies, coins... And all this other stuff. It's just a lot to it's, look at. It's here's here's a reasonably fun game. How can we make it not fun as quickly as possible? And they figured it out how to do it. I think with the multiplayer, I'll come back and probably try out the multiplayer once I put it. It says inbound, it's not in here yet. Yeah. Multiplayer. Okay. Yeah, the only the only multiplayer there is right now is you can add friends and then compare your rankings. So right now there's twenty different twenty different racers. They'll obviously add more. And then every day you can earn you can buy enough to get one every day with your coins. Um, you know what's so weird about this? This is how I know something's wrong. I can't easily find the word race. I'm on like the shop screen, and then I hit X. Oh, now I come back. Like you get yeah. stuck on the shop screen mm-hmm. easily. Yes, it's like do. being in a casino. You get just oh look, look, look at this, look at this, and then oh now I get back. So I, I completed the Mario Cup tour, and then also the Donkey Kong Cup. I completed. It's a masterclass in design. The game is yeah, the game is fine. It's not perfect. I I don't think it's perfect. The racing just because the uh, I still would love the ability to both steer and drift. It gets tough to just to drift as, to turn. You can do it though. It's just a lot more sliding and you know, but you can do it. You know. So, okay. Well, I guess uh, I'll I'll still play it here and there 
Ian's Ian's done though. He doesn't like the. the... Uh, no, like, I mean, I'll I'll probably play it, you know, here and there, but I I can't see myself putting any amount any of real time amount of time into it. Um, yeah. Okay. We'll we'll see if the next uh, you know maybe the Zelda game will have like, you know. You have to buy the rubies when you kill the Octoroks. You have to purchase them. Or you <laughs> yeah. got to upgrade. You got to you got to earn to up to, to throw your sword. You got to earn an upgrade. I don't know. Something well, the, the one thing that I always used to um, say, the, the, I, I always said we wouldn't see like a touch screen, you know, Zelda game. I, I think back then we were kind of naive too in thinking that when people were talking about, you know, Nintendo putting games on the iPhone, we were still kind of in that era five years ago where Capcom was throwing, you know, Mega Man 2 on the phone for no reason yes. with a shitty D-pad and buttons. And I was like, there's no way Nintendo's going to do that with Mario and Zelda. And They're sure not. enough, they haven't. They've just taken it in a way that I didn't they just account didn't... for and is honestly fairly, you know, it's just as gross. But it makes money. If it didn't make money, they wouldn't have all these elements in hey, there. Hey, that's capitalism. Speaking of making money, Ian, the Atari VCS, which, uh, had a, yes. which had a successful Indiegogo and raised millions of dollars. We haven't heard much about it, but uh, but our but our, our pal, Kieran McCarthy, did an update. God, we love Kieran. Yeah, he's a good well, guy. Kieran McCarthy at the register. Uh, did an article, time to check in again on the Atari Retro Console. Dear God, it's actually got worse. So, um, in this article, he basically uh, um, goes over how, uh, at the beginning of the summer, Atari said that, you know... Uh, um, uh, they would have they they would have announcements. They would have they would have info over the summer, and uh, we got to September twenty third, and uh, they had not made any uh, announcements during the entire summer about the system. Um, so someone uh, commented on the um on what was it their Facebook group. Uh, on your blog and repeatedly online, you promised substantial updates this summer, but it's the last day of summer, and it seems pretty clear from your social media activity that there's no immediate update coming. What happened to the updates? Here's the amazing response. Okay, I'm ready, Ian. Fear not, the company's social media folk responded. We certainly have something in the works. We did not specify it would be on September 22nd, 23rd exactly. Sorry oh. for the misunderstanding. We appreciate everyone's patience as we craft an exciting announcement to share with you all. Oh, and we will have an exciting announcement later. Um, maybe they meant Indian summer? Sometime in October? Uh, yeah, I have maybe, no idea. Because uh, that, <laughs> that guy didn't say that he was expecting an announcement on the 22nd or 23rd. He was explaining that there was supposed to be some sort of updates throughout the summer. I don't think these people realize that the 22nd hey, and the 23rd, that's uh, the end of summer. In Australia, summer's in December, right? So maybe they've... Maybe they've they had Australian know, summer. Some, some, other, some other hemisphere where there's a summer going on. Yeah. So the response to that was, liar! Yes, you did! <laughs> and now you say again soon! Come on, show us something huge! Because I'm very angry! I'm trying to I'm trying to convey the caps here. I gotta lower, I gotta lower the audio on the headphones here, Ian. Um, another chimed in, you said a few times this summer, now we're in fall. Tell us a real date, don't lie to us anymore. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot more of that that, that was going on. <sighs> um, then it went to the Reddit, right? 
Then it went to the Reddit. Oh God! Um, the Atari was uh, got booted from uh, a subreddit that they were modding on for basically deleting anything negative being said. Asking about the project that they raised millions of dollars. Yes, they raised millions of dollars. Yep. Here, um, they uh, someone. Let's see. Uh, someone put up a scorecard since shutting down backer updates on Indiegogo. Uh, references to other people's work or achievements, 12. Direct Facebook appeals to pre-order or buy something, 11. That's that's exclusive of other social media. Pictures or renders of non-functional plastic boxes, <laughs> at least 18. Oh, that's cheeky, Kieran. Uh, and concrete, uh, concrete indicators product is being manufactured. Zero. That, I don't think that that wasn't Kieran. Uh, that was a post. Atari responded okay. by deleting that post. Oh, okay. On a Reddit form that it didn't run, but had been invited <laughs> to serve as a moderator. Woo! So, uh, uh, it gets better. Yeah. Kieran doing the digging. So, so this the, one of the guys that worked on it, that was you know going to be leading the way, Rob Wyatt, is no longer working with Atari. He was the guy supposed to be working on this. Uh... Good. Someone asked, is Rob Wyatt still with Atari? On the old subreddit, I heard that Rob Wyatt had left the Atari VCS project to start his own project. Is that true? The response, hello! Unfortunately, this rumor is circulating on the web. Rob Wyatt and Tim Giant worked on many different projects. Atari fans should be excited for the game board, too. Didn't answer the question. Yeah, that's that not... does not answer the question at all. Nope. Yeah, that doesn't answer anything. So that's kind of where it was. it was at. And then um, I think maybe they realized they had to announce something. So because I uh, keep pushing this back, right now it's March 2020, I believe is the day it's supposed to be released. Because originally it was supposed to be out uh, December 2019. That was from the before it was previous it was supposed to be before that, I think. So December 2019 is when it was supposed to be originally delivered. Okay, so. Atari revealed today, as in uh, two days ago, um, that AntStream Arcade will be bringing thousands of retro games to Atari VCS consoles when the system launches in March 2020. Uh, this is from VentureBeat. The Atari VCS will sell for 250 da 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 um, and it's going to have um, an Atari VCS version oh of, of AntStream on there. Oh God. I'll get into AntStream in a second. So um, what they're going to do is the exclusive Atari VCS edition of AntStream Arcade unlocks an instantly accessible collection of classic video game titles. In addition to an existing library of 2,000-plus officially licensed games, and we're going to, don't worry, we're going to touch on this, uh, the exclusive Anstream Arcade Atari VCS app will include the largest collection of Atari games available on demand in both original and enhanced edition formats curated from across the brand's many arcade home and handheld platforms. Accessible from the Atari VCS system dashboard. Blah, 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 blah. There will, of course, be a subscription. Oh, the, the, all this, they're not free games added on no, by the good folks at Atari? Not free. Oh, okay. Uh, isn't this thing supposed to be coming with free games? Probably. Like 150 free probably games Probably the, the Atari 2600 games that have been licensed yeah, forever. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So uh, the subscription, uh, in addition to waiting for this plastic box that doesn't do anything special, uh, you, you have the pleasure of paying $10 a month for this service. Or eight dollars a month for a yearly subscription. You pay up front and, at ninety five eighty eight. And again, this is will be a streaming service you can get at, like at any anywhere. Oh well, it's not. It won't have the Atari stuff. Good. 
Unless, of course, this falls through and inevitably it does have the Atari stuff because Atari needs to make money. That's my thinking, too, is I don't believe that this is actually going to be exclusive for that long. But, and this is not a problem with AntStream. It's just their business. We covered AntStream previously. Um, they're doing what they're doing, but keep in mind that this isn't like... You don't, you're not getting access to 2,000 incredibly well-known retro titles. No. You're not getting access necessarily to your specific youth. You're not going to be getting a bunch of Genesis stuff on here. You're not going to be getting a bunch of NES or Super stuff. You're not even going to be getting a ton of like NES stuff or or, or arcade stuff. You are going to get some of that stuff, but this is the streaming company that we covered a few months ago where um, the majority of the stuff that is like being licensed... Uh, the retro games and the retro systems, it's like the uh, ZX Spectrum. Yeah, it's, I it's, think there's it's, Commodore stuff. It's its British computer games. It's the same Data East stuff you've seen licensed on all the all-in-one little plug-in plays and controllers and boxes like that. Yeah, you get some Neo Geo stuff in there as well, but this isn't what people are going to be clamoring to play necessarily when they buy their, you know, their Atari VCS. Not necessarily. Right. They're not going to be like, oh, on the Atari BCS, I want to play some random ZX Spectrum game from 1985 on there. That's like not what they're looking for. Now, for is in terms of the exclusive Atari stuff, we'd have to see what they're going to be putting on there as part of the you know the exclusive. That'll be exclusive that to, to that, but that's not included with the Atari BCS. Right. So they're exactly. already separating it out. Right. So you have a sandbox <sighs> mode. You have the walled garden, uh, as they keep calling it. And now you have access to some exclusive Atari stuff, but you have to pay for it. Um, it it's it, yeah, it's it's strange. It's it's very weird. And this to me just seems like a desperate attempt to announce something because I st- I don't know what people want on the VCS, but I don't think it's this. I think people were hoping for something original, unique. And I don't think they're going to oh, get any of that. But we knew it was going to be anything unique. Oh, because, we knew that. I mean, we because knew that. We, we knew that yes. Because even the video with whatever, whatever we, whatever they were showing Stu off Barty. in that video, they were just showing off playing Atari Twenty Six Hundred games on this mystery box, this yes. mystery and anything box. cool that you want to do, you'll have to go do in the sandbox mode. At which point you're just playing with a shitty fucking uh, uh, TV PC. A, a Linux-based box that you can maybe do some streaming on. It, it's absolutely absurd. It's ridiculous. So I don't think that this is a step in the right direction. It's a step. Once again, there's no real ill will here with AntStream. Hopefully they no, get No, AntStream wants to do, they're gonna, they're gonna do a license deal. Uh, yeah, do a license deal. Sure. sure. Um, I, I, I just... I do, this is not it. This is not it. This is not it, Chief. This is, is not that what it. You're saying? This is not it, Chief. Well, it sounds like Atari's CEO, uh, Frederick uh, Chenet, has a lot of work to do in order to get uh, YouTubers back on his side, maybe, and covering this in the future. You know, I, I got a couple of suggestions for Frederick, though, if, if he wants to be able to do this. What he can do, it, you know, the last time that, uh, that I thought about Atari being popular was probably like 83. Maybe he can get like a 1982 Trans Am and go over to some YouTuber's house and just hang out with them for a bit. You know that's that's an idea that Frederick can do in order to get a YouTuber back on his side, and they can just you know hang out and have have a, have an interview. Uh, that's a softball sort of thing. And then we could also do you can maybe you can like I don't know mail out some some ten dollar Atari VCS T-shirts to some YouTubers that can uh, randomly wear them in videos. You know, so that because a YouTuber might be able to you know trade their integrity in covering an upcoming project for a ten dollar T-shirt. That's a, that's a fair deal. 
That's something Frederick might be able to do, Ian. You think you think that could be a thing Frederick could probably look into? He could probably do that. Probably, Pat. Probably? Probably. That, that, that'll work out great in the long run. So, anyway, so the Atari VCS, uh, well, at this point, I think we'll be lucky to see this being released. <laughs> We're going to be lucky at this point. I... I, I have a feeling, I mean, with this streaming thing, I have a feeling it's going to come out. And it's just literally, it, it's it's going to be one of the most hollow things out there. You're not going to be able to do anything on it that you can't do with a, diff- a billion other systems. I, 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 I'm not even trying to give Atari the benefit of the doubt. I just think that they will throw something out there. It's going to be awful. But they will it- throw something out there. Because at the end of the day, I think what they're going to look at is... Is it worth not putting something out over putting out the cheapest, shittiest object we can that really bears no resemblance to what we were well, talking about, but we can say it's out there? Well, and with you the can amount of money, this streaming service. with the amount of money they've taken in, they'll put out. Yeah, you're right. They'll put out something, but it's probably not enough. And the amount of buzz is so negative that this will not be able to be like a commercial product after the initial run. Oh, most no, likely. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be successful. I'm just saying yeah. that they will put something out to say they put something out. Sure. And I, even that I realize is like putting a lot of faith into these, 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 these idiots, but I do think they will put something out. It's going to be an absolute fucking disaster, and it's not going to resemble a goddamn thing that they said it would, which is going to be pretty impressive because they haven't said it's going to resemble much. Well, you know what? My mind will be pa- changed, Frederick. Just merely that Atari VCS shirt I'll start wearing on the podcast for you. Then I'll, my objectivity will be out the window during your, your press tour. That That's all it's going to take, Frederick. A $10 t-shirt, and I'll be good to go there. All right, Ian, you know we're big COD fans. Huge COD fans. We're big Call of Duty fans. I do like Whitefish. We do like Whitefish. <laughs> is Whitefish COD technically? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of different Whitefishes, but COD is an Atlantic Whitefish. All right. Well, old gamers are, are, are not pleased even with the, with the latest announcement. Uh, modern. Uh, there's a certain mode that'll be exclusive to PS4 for an entire year. Uh, the survival mode within the spec ops mode. So, from what I understand, Spec Ops, and uh, you know, you can come at me with your pitchforks if I get this wrong. Um, Spec Ops mode in Call of Duty—it's been around for a little bit, and I believe it's the co-op mode. Um, so you can play with other people. You can play with someone on the—I believe—on the same couch. Uh, certainly on online. It's also—it's also single player, according to what I'm reading here. Oh, okay. Um, and one of the modes within that. The survival mode uh, will be exclusive to PlayStation 4 for probably about a year. Um, Look, I don't know enough about Call of Duty modes to talk about how big of a deal this is, but I will say that this little shit here is... uh, The whole region, the whole system exclusive thing is just... I don't know. It's weird. It seems to do nothing but piss off um, and splinter your fan bases. And I... I just I can't see Spec Ops survival mode. I, I can't see what real benefit there is to Activision for doing it. I'm sure Sony paid them money for it, but Activision, you make a lot of money. How much money? I mean, I don't see if anyone that's going to go out is Sony really thinking people are going to go out and, and buy, buy the console if they, to, to get one mode they can't get like on the Xbox. Like I don't get that. I, I think what it's to do is basically. Um, 
you know, it's for the people who own both systems. And there's a lot of people out there who do. Okay. For people who own both systems, it's to, you know, get you to go to one system's version over the other. But I just see this... I, I don't see how this doesn't breed bad blood between them and Microsoft. Um, especially since they between have... Between players yeah, and, especially since and, they're finally the company. Get, they're finally getting to the point where they have cross-platform mode, you know, yeah. on this stuff. And now you have a mode that's not available on one of the consoles. And it's, it's weird. And, and then... Activision does this a lot. They did it with uh, the first Destiny too. They did the the PlayStation Four version got bonus stuff that the Xbox version did not. Sure. So uh, I don't know. It's it, it's their thing, but it I I'm ready for a time. And and I have a PS4, and I don't play Call of Duty. So even if I did, I'd be I'd have the right system for this to not affect me. But this shit is dumb and it's petty, and I'm ready for it to go away. And then after a year, if I, it's also for the PC, it won't come out for a year uh, until October first, two thousand twenty. Uh, this mode, um, a year into a game, See? a first-person shooter—that's pretty much the lifespan of a lot of these first-person well, shooters. And yes, and that—that's that, the other takeaway from this is, by in a year's time, the next Call of Duty is going to be coming. Yeah, because they have their Call of Duty regular one, then they have their Black Ops one the next year, then they have the fucking other one the next year. They keep rotating, right? Yeah, but the they put part. one out every year. Yeah, so like Madden. So I mean, yeah. So after a year, the 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 the, the fan base would dwindle to play this mode that's now no longer exclusive on your. PC or Xbox One. It's a strange move. I'd rather the whole game just be exclusive on a single console. That's less of a strange move that, than doing a, a, a mode. I, 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 I never... Yeah. I, mean, I know for, for some people, like the exclusivity is not always because they were offered something, but because it's easier to work with one company over oh, another sometimes. This, this but, doesn't smell like that. But no, it, no, that's what I'm saying. I know that that's sometimes what it is, but big third-party developers... I don't understand having anything exclusive to a single system anymore. Um, you know, unless unless I said, like I said, it's a monetary thing or maybe a smaller developer, it, it, there is a cost thing. Oh, but you know, the best part about this is, and huh. that when they released the, I guess the trailer, mm-hmm. the text on the screen it says "Special Ops Survival Mode Play First on PS4." The text on the bottom. I literally can't read how small it is. Timed exclusive content until October 1st, 2000. It's in like .04 font. Do you see how small that is? No, I didn't. It's extremely tiny. Uh, I'm, I'm talking like smaller than when you see ads on TV for like buying a car or like doing getting a loan. It's so small. I need a fucking magnifying glass to see it. That's how you don't see that in the GameSpot article. Scroll down. May pull up. Well, <laughs> I didn't see that first until the article said the text was there. Right there. Look at that text. Yeah, that's very tiny. I mean, very tiny. It's very tiny. It's very tiny text. That's incredible. You need a magnifying glass to see that. Oh my god. All right, that's something comical. I yeah. Well, if you think there's a lot of people that have both consoles and they'll, they'll go to one versus the other, then it makes sense on that perspective. But for the amount of bad blood that you're creating for someone that doesn't have a PS4, right. there might be there might be people that have a PS4 that also thinks it's bullshit because maybe they want to play with their friend, you know, cross platform in a mode. Now they can't do it. You know what I mean? If it's co-op, so the whole thing is just fucked. 
Yeah, I, I have a PS4. I, I think it's bullshit. I'm an adult. There's no joy in me being able to be like, hey, I've got something you don't. Yeah. I, w- I won the console war. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The CU Podcast is proud to be working with NordVPN. Proud. It's what I use to keep myself safe online, and you can too. You can too, Pat. If you care about the privacy and the security of your information, NordVPN is giving you 66% off wow. a two-year plan when you go to nordvpn.com slash podcast or use code CUPodcast at checkout. It's a lot of percentages off. Pat, what's a VPN? I'm glad you asked. It's a virtual private network, and having one today is more critical than ever because if you're doing anything online, anything, your info and browsing habits are out there for anyone to get a hold of. So when you use NordVPN, you have access to over 4,000 super speedy servers zoom, in 62 countries and those connections secure your info using military-grade high-tech encryption. That means your info and what strange things you might be able to do online, nearly impossible to track. I'm using the NordVPN app on my phone and laptop, so that means when I'm getting free Wi-Fi at the coffee shop, an airport, bagel bar, shop. bagels, yep. bagels. I know things like my password and banking info are masked. Folks at PC Mag gave NordVPN their editor's top VPN choice. Just one account lets you protect up to how many? Six. Six. Six devices. There's an app for Android and iOS, unlimited bandwidth, and bandwidth, and a money-back guarantee. Other potential benefits, hopping on servers around the world. Wow. Maybe watching some of that TV. It's like a staycation. That's right. Again, to get that special offer, 66% off a two-year plan, go to nordvpn.com slash podcast or use code podcast and get going with your secure web browsing today. All right. Ian. Yes. We haven't talked about our buddy at games in a while, have we? No, we haven't. Well... Kind of been on the downturn. They got the, the got the rug pulled out from underneath them. They originally announced they were doing the Sega Genesis yep. uh, Mini. And Sega was like, wait a second, boys. I don't think that's happening. And that's the reason why, for, for the most part, it sounds like the Sega Genesis Mini is a, it's a solid little piece. You enjoyed it, right? Mm-hmm. I did. It's pretty good. So Walgreens is suing at games for breach of contract right now. The retailer alleges that... The plug-and-play game company owes it nearly $1.62 million for unsold products it returned to them. That's insane. Wow. Okay. Uh, there's also a trademark infringement suit from Bandai Namco over uh, Miss Pac-Man happening right now. Uh, that's a ni- nice separate lawsuit happening right now. Yeah. Um, so let's start with the Walgreens one at first. Sure. Walgreens filed suit. This is from the game industry, gamesindustry.biz. Walgreens filed suit against At Games for breach of contract in August, saying it had it had a deal with the company that provided products on a guaranteed sale basis, meaning At Games would never excuse me, meaning At Games would accept any unsold units back and refund the chain whatever it paid for them, in addition to an additional fee and shipping costs. So, you know, Walgreens is going to pay for the cost to get all the stuff in their warehouse, but if it doesn't sell, guess what? I want my money back for this unsold stuff, and you're going to pay the shipping cost to, to, to lug them back, right? Yep. Walgreens says it returned more than 66,500 units, for which it paid between $15 and $38 each, but At Games refused to make payment. As a result, Walgreens claimed it owed nearly $1.62 million from the company. Allowing At Games to retain the benefits of its own wrongdoing, as alleged herein, would violate fundamental principles of justice, equity, and good conscience, including by affording At Games the opportunity to sell the return items twice, Walgreens said 
in this suit. All right. Well, we've seen that games throw out their little plug and play little little Genesis style controllers with like the Namco games on there, what right. have you, the past year and a half. Uh, they didn't look that good when we covered them, and apparently they sat on the shelves and yeah. no one wanted them. Yeah. Well, there was there was some uh, backlash on them too, and I believe we covered it because um, they were calling them like. Uh, I don't know, like arcade burst or Namco, whatever. Yeah. They, but but they were like the NES ROMs. They weren't even or an arcade ones sometimes. And they had did the ones where they, they had they sent reviewers ones that had different ROMs than the ones that the public had. Yeah, it was a fiasco that was happening with it. Fiasco. But they're actually absolutely right. Oh, uh, Walgreens. First of all, they had an agreement, correct? But yeah, if they send this stuff back, they already if Walgreens already already purchased the merchandise and they have an agreement in stone saying if we don't sell this, you guys are taking it back. Then obviously it's a slam dunk in court. But if they send us stuff back, then and then uh, At Games can resell it to another wholesaler or uh, themselves. They can be double dipping at that point. So it's it's not good for At Games if this is if this is exactly what's what the the deal is with Walgreens. Um. So the if you want to go over the Bandai lawsuit uh, in August this year, Bandai was alerted to the existence of a Miss Pac-Man home arcade cabinet developed by At Games. The cabinet. Features copyrighted images and characters, and Bandai alleges that the, the Miss Pac-Man software was included without its permission. Furthermore, Bandai alleges that At Games sold the product to retailers, making false claims that the Miss Pac-Man arcade cabinet was legitimately licensed. This I don't. This I didn't even hear about. That. I didn't know that At Games yeah. put out a, an arcade cabinet. So yeah, basically, At Games sold a bootleg. <laughs> Miss <laughs> Pac-Man cabinet uh, to to real t- retailers. Um, so now they so then in August and and I'm, I'm trying to get all this correct. In August, at Games basically bought the royalty interest uh, that GCC owned. GCC was, and I I think this isn't like a this isn't. A, 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 some people might not know. Ms. Pac-Man was not created by Namco. Mm-hmm. Pac-Man came out, and a group of people basically did a hack of Pac-Man and made Ms. Pac-Man, and then well, it was uh, Auto at first, and then they changed. Yeah, that. and so that went to um, uh, that was sold to Crazy Auto. Yeah. Uh, was sold to Bally Midway and and Namco, and that's how it became. Uh, it got back under the Namco banner. GCC would get royalties uh, anytime that Ms. Pac-Man was used. I don't, okay. I don't know the extent of the royalties. I don't know if it was for everything, but they did get some money um, anytime. I believe anytime the game was basically used. So I know like Ms. Pac-Man on um, arcade collections and stuff like that. If it's on there, uh, then GCC would have been getting some sort of a cut. Um, so. At Games went and bought that from them without Namco knowing. Ah. So now At Games will get royalties for usage of Ms. Pac-Man. Oh, G- GCC will get royalties. No, from- no, At Games. GCC sold off. Basically, GCC is getting rid of their stake. Gotcha. So now At Games has it. But they don't have the rights to use the characters to market. No, and um, so it's it's clarified a little bit down here. Um, the uh, let's see, where is it? Um, I they they clarified it nicely. I'm just trying to find it. 
Reach Poly uh, Bantai Namco of America representative know that the company does not ordinarily comment on pending litigation. However, the company did comment to underline the nature of the rights at games bought and the ones Bando Nam Bandai Namco has. So basically, BNEA, so Bandai Namco, has exclusive rights to use them as Pac-Man Mark and to reproduce, distribute, display, perform, create derivative works of, and or use the Ms. Pac-Man copyrights, as well as to enforce the Ms. Pac-Man mark and Ms. Pac-Man copyrights in the United States. That's important. Gotcha. At Games thought that they had something going on that they, they didn't. So, At Games has not acquired any control over the Ms. Pac-Man intellectual property, merely the rights to be paid royalties when it is used in commercial works. Position stems from the complicated way in which Ms. Pac-Man was developed. Three programmers, then students at MIT, developed a mod for Namco's Pac-Man that eventually became Ms. Pac-Man after they shopped it to Bally Midway. Over the years, Namco and its descendant companies acquired full control over Ms. Pac-Man, but even after agreements reached in 83 and 08 with the seven individuals connected to GCC's stake in the IP, some royalty rights and obligations were still unresolved. Gotcha. So those unresolved royalty rights and obligations are what I believe At Games went and got and then basically thought they could, as far as I can tell, they, they felt like they could do what they wanted with it so, at that point. According to, I'm looking at this boingboing.net article about who has the rights. So the, the claim from, from Bandai Namco is that they not only made this prototype Miss Pac-Man miniature arcade cabinet, but they're now showing, they showed it to retailers making deals with retailers. Right. For something they can't do. do. GameStop and Walmart about selling the cabinet without the involvement of Bandai Namco. Uh, Bandai Namco also believes Act Games made false statements about it's access to the IP. So they're they're alleging that At Games is like, oh yeah, we got this Miss Pac-Man cabinet, we can do other stuff. And Bandai would be like, no, you can't. Right. You can't just say that shit. You can have some money from us by law, but that's that's that, that's it. Like if we use it right, it's 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 not their place to make the call. So I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see Ms. Pac-Man stuff for quite some time. Uh, this seems like it's it's fairly bitter. You can read between these lines pretty easily. That Namco band will be like, you're not touching any of our stuff ever again. Oh, or yeah. Bandai Namco is just going to be like, well, I guess we're not going to see Ms. Pac-Man for a while. Oh, I'm going to go one step further. Between this lawsuit and the Walgreens one, you might be saying bye to Atkins. Oh, I think we we might be, and uh, that that's obviously the the end. But I until that gets settled, I wouldn't be surprised if Namco Bandai was like, okay, cool, we don't need to use Miss Pac Man stuff. We have so much else. Your 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 bid has failed. You thought you had us, but we can simply not put out Miss Pac Man stuff, and therefore you get nothing from these rights that you just actually paid money for to someone else. Because if you got the you got the software rights, but you, if you don't have the the you can't market it basically. Well, they don't have the software rights. They just have the rights to make money off of it. They just have the rights. They just have royalty rights. Royalty rights, but yeah, but they don't have the trademark copyright. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. They have the rights to make money off it without having any of the other trademark. Oh, so that's a weird. Okay. So Bandai Namco, I could see them easily just being like, okay, fine. Well, then we're just not going to do anything with Ms. Pac-Man because they don't want Atkins to even get whatever two percent or whatever the royalty is. Yes, I, I, I see. I see this being very bad blood. Um, and I don't think it's going to... Yeah, this ain't going to pan out the way At Games wants it to pan out. So it's, it's kind of like a mini power play by by At Games. Oh, it's a power play by At yeah. Games that is going to absolutely shit all over their faces. 
Well, yeah, because this lawsuit's going to bleed them out if the Walgreens ones doesn't. You yep. think Walgreens high-power lawyers are going to let this go about all this shitty plastic garbage they sent back that they could that they already paid for and couldn't sell and, and want, want a refund on? And if I've got this right, I mean, I'm sure At Games paid the GCC people a decent probably amount. so i don't know what the royalty would be five percent ten we don't know what the i don't know would be. yeah but i'm assuming that. that i'm assuming that at games in their wisdom we gotcha uh you know move here they didn't know that what they were really buying is that, that's, that's they had to know what they were actually purchasing from gcc gcc wouldn't have re- misrepresented like we don't have the rights to make the games we have just rights to royalties they wouldn't misrepresent yeah. so this is at games either overplaying their hand i guess like yeah. in a really dangerous I, I, way. I really think this was a kid who thought he was gonna he was being gonna smart. Bull, gonna bully big 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 Bandai and it's Namco. It's not gonna work. It's like the it's like the people who thought they were brilliant and bought all those Popeyes chicken sandwiches and then tried to sell them for ten dollars a piece outside of Popeyes. People really try to do that. Yep, and they were left with bags of cold chicken sandwiches. Well, these people thought that they could get one up on Bandai Namco, and I have a feeling they're not going to see much money from this. Wow, and that's if I'm following this correctly. No, you clarified about the rights to the royalty, but so they're I, not... I, you can have the rights to a royalty, but that doesn't mean you can produce the product or use the licensing of the character. Right. If the person who can do that suddenly decides, so, hey, okay. we're not going to produce any more of this, well, then your right to a so, royalty means nothing. So you you purchase the royalty rights to, say, an upcoming CU podcast enamel pin, we'll just say. Mm-hmm. You have the royalty rights to a percentage, but you don't have the rights to produce the pin nor to use the images of the podcast in order to... So if, we, so if we take this pin and we, uh, yeah, if, if that pin were to come out and we were to melt all those pins down, then that royalty stake is, is nothing. It means nothing to me. Yeah. I can't go and make more. So did Big Daddy Paddle say, you know what then, Ian? I don't care if I make the majority. I don't like the fact that you're getting anything. I'm not going to make them. And, and you can't make them either. So that's what you're saying, What potentially what Bandai Namco is going to do with Miss Pac-Man. Yes. Okay. I think Ms. Pac-Man is a little too big for that to happen. Me too, but I think but, they can conveniently but, make Ms. Pac-Man go away for a year. Well, they can still sue and say, you know what? We can sue you for a couple million dollars. We'll, we'll have you in court for years. Or give us the royalty rights back. We're not going to do business with you ever again. They're just going to strong arm. That's what I would do. They're yeah. probably going to do that. So then Bandai Namco will have 100% of the royalties. That's Ms. Pac-Man. Well, and that's where this is going. That's where it's going to go. Namco is finally going to have all the rights to Pac-Man. I don't know what Act Games. Pac-Man. I don't know what Act Games coffers look like, but between this and the the Walgreens thing, they're in trouble. Well, the coffers are obviously low if they can't pay Walgreens back. It's a lot of money. They they overestimate how many people want their Burst products when they put. Remember they put out like that's eight, what they were called arcade Burst. Burst, right? but yeah, they, but, they, like but, but they, they did the mini consoles and they did the the controller ones. It's just too many products at once. They did like. They did like what twelve different ones. Remember we covered it. We couldn't keep track of them. It's 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 a classic example of reading the market wrong. Just because everyone wants a Nintendo Mini doesn't mean that people just want games and consoles and minis. They want a quality one. They want a quality one. They don't want like the, the, the you know the, the eighth time they can get Space Invaders on something i shit on yeah. the internet a lot for being like the beginning of a lot of bad things but one good thing one thing that it's been very good for is consumer awareness you can't shuttle out a shit product anymore and really expect it to do very well word's gonna get around especially in a hobbyist group like um video games where these people are they're already connected to the internet as it is they're already spouting opinions every day so yeah you can't really just sneak one by it's like what sony did 
it's funny how these companies are very, very slow to catch up with uh, the notion of, of knowledge just being instantly available. You can still buy the Bandai Namco Flashback Blast console for $18 on Prime. Has, blast, that's what it was. It has a, a burst blast, whatever. It's like a starburst uh, ad. Uh, $18 on Prime, three-star rating out of five. And then you can get the... You can get another one for only $6. The Legends Flashback, that's the one that has Space Invaders on it. No one wants that. So $6 on Prime, they are losing money at that point on that product. They're just trying to get rid of it, whoever's selling it for $6. The Activision one's on uh, $8. Um, they're all really inexpensive right now uh, for for those. So, And then they also have you know all the other ones that they're doing, the console ones. But those controller ones, oof, I don't know about that. Oh, you can get them used for $12 or from other sellers. So, yeah, these aren't selling for anything anymore. And obviously, they didn't sell at Walgreens. <laughs> no. Walgreens is like, you know what? We'd rather have, have shelf space for all Halloween items that we put out in uh, you know early September. You know, We're not going to be dealing with this plastic crap anymore. Yeah, you saturate the market with crap, and people are going to stop buying your crap. Yeah, and, and, and it, because these all-in-ones have been out now for like 15 years almost at this point, in some form or another. And I think it, the, fed's, the Fed is gone. Uh, when it when it comes to these, you know, we're we're way past it. They have to be quality. Even the quality ones, I I, I don't well, sure. I don't think we have a lot. We have a lot of room left for these. I mean, the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo one came out and they were great. The Sony one came out and it was awful, and people were like, "Well, that's the end of it." Especially when Sega announced they were doing another one, and they said At Games was behind it. People are like, "This is over." Sega saw the writing on the wall with At Games and was smart, and then did it in house with M two and put out a a really nice, reasonable product. But I. I, I do think that after the turbo, I I don't know. You're running out of steam after, and it's, even the turbo, I'm still struggling. I don't know if that'll sell well or not, based upon the no one had it. So I don't know if that'll sell. I, I well think or it not. will sell decently, based on the fact that no one had it because of curiosity and the fact that it's expensive stuff. Sure. Talking to people in the store, I've had a lot of people been like, "Yeah, I saw that. I don't really know what it's about, but I'm going to grab it because I've always been interested in those games." That is kind of the general consensus. Will it translate over to sales? I don't know, but even when Nintendo comes around, if they do a 64 Mini, it will sell, but I think we are getting to the point where even the well-done ones, the novelty of the Mini console is wearing off, and these things do take up space. And three years, even the, well, because the NES Classic is only three years ago. <laughs> I yeah. think I think, I think think within three years, all of these are going to be things that, again, you're seeing at a flea market like the old plug-and-plays. I, I, no matter the quality, I think when people, when it comes time for people to clean house, they're going to look at these little things, and as nice as they seem, I think they're going to be like, this can go. Especially because a lot of the market forum, outside of collectors, were people who were impulse-buying them. Hey, I remember this. This will be a good holiday gift. Um, well, the big thing for the Konami was we don't know, like, we don't still know who's producing it. We don't know like who's actually going to be. Oh, doing it, yeah. One's manufacturing it. Yeah. So if that's like at games, forget it. Like I uh, don't think that, Well, <laughs> Konami might be the one company I'd count on to be like, eh, hey, why not? Yeah, you guys can do it cheap. Yeah. Maybe we'll just, maybe we'll just throw it on a controller. We, we, we wouldn't have a system you anymore. You got any more of them Sega Genesis controllers? Perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got like 20,000 ready to go, Konami. We'll give them to you dirt cheap. And they're red, too. So you just throw on do, do blue you, buttons, red. Do you mind if uh, Pac-Man's on the controller? No, that's fine. Pac-Man. Uh, we yeah. Pac Konami, on please, Konami, don't mess up the TurboGrafx MIDI. I'm surprised it's happening. Please don't screw this They've up. They've already showed the cases. I know, but I mean like 
the game's selection is surprisingly really good. Yep. It's only missing a couple that I would put on. I got Splatterhouse back on there. We're going off topic, but please, Conway, don't screw this up because this is the one. This is mine. This is Pat's. It's the only kid in my town that had a Turbo Graphics. Don't screw it up. All right. Well, that's good. We'll 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 come back to these uh, topics later about these all in ones, and we'll see when they finally die out here. All right, Ian, Pat, do you remember the Super Mario Brothers Super Show? I do. Hey, Paisan. Yeah, I do. I don't know. Good if old I re- Captain Lou. I, I don't remember it fondly, but I don't hate it either. Like I used to like watching it when I was a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Like liked watching it. Going back to it, yeah. It's what really firmly established in the in the Super Mario Brothers canon that you know they were Brooklyn plumbers. You yes. know. Because this because that preceded even the movie of uh, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show right. by a couple years, I believe it was like three years uh, before that. Because the movie was what ninety two and the, the show was like eighty nine. Uh, about um, and the cartoons were great. They started off it was you know it was a it was a Monday to Friday thing, and on Friday you had Legend of Zelda, and that was what a yeah. lot of people really loved. I was only on for one season though, I believe. But then they went and it became Super Mario Brothers three show. And that was, I believe, then on Saturday mornings, and then it became Super Mario World. But it was the same style, same voice actors, I think, for the most part. And then they phased it out. But people love Super Mario Brothers, uh, the cartoon. People do love it still. There's a uh, fondness for it. Um, and so it, it turns out that there's a father and son team working on a Super Mario Brothers Super Show uh, platformer. Yeah. So and it's a really cool story. This, um, it appears to... so. Uh, the fan game is being developed by Jesus Lopez, um, and, and this is from the uh, Kotaku article by Zach Zweizen. Um, it's being developed by Jesus Lopez, Jesus Lopez, an animator who worked on various games, including Simpsons Tapped Out, uh, DuckTales Remastered, and Shantai Half-Genie Hero. So he's responsible for the stuff that I did like in DuckTales Remastered, the look of it, the animation, okay, um, that sort of stuff. I mean, the... I, I've, the pedigree is there. The, the, uh, the, the, th- the problem I always had with older um, Way Forward games, it wasn't the graphics. They've always been beautiful, beautiful games. So uh, he's doing it with his two young kids who are helping with artwork and programming. He's been working on the project for about three years. Um, so all of the animations are hand-drawn uh, in the style seen on the Super Show. Uh, and uh, levels are set in locales from there. Uh, the first level of the game is set in Pasta Land, where the first episode of the show is set. Um, guy's still got a lot he wants to make. Um, but, you know, t- creating animation like this takes time. Um, but it's just a personal project for him that he's doing to keep his, uh, so as he says, uh, it's a fun thing for him to do in his free time with his kids. This is one of many, my many personal projects so I can stay sharp as an animator in the video game industry. So I don't even, you, I, I, as far as I can tell, you can't even get this and play it. Um, it's just something that him and his family are doing for fun, which is really cool because it looks nice for a fan game. I mean, you can tell this guy's an animator. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you can watch a video, and even the uh, Kotaku article um, has just an animated GIF at the top, and you can see Mario running and jumping through the pasta land. And it does. It, <laughs> it, it looks really good. It looks like the show. Yeah, and you have to remember, and I actually looked it up, looks like looks like the successive series only kept a couple of voice actors, but they recast Mario and Luigi for the Super Mario 3 and Super Mario World shows. Oh, okay. uh, I, just, I just looked that up. Uh, I, I didn't watch those as much, but I watched all of these. They really, I'm talking, leaned heavily into the Italian-American yeah, stereotypes yes, and pasta did. on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. So when you see all the pasta, 
and you literally see spaghettis on forks. Uh, you, you see a bunch of, of rigatoni and ZDs laying around. There was there were so many pasta puns on that show. Yes, that if I love how the I, background is all like red uh, and white checkerboard too. Italian Americans don't get offended at this stuff, but it's almost like I should. I, it's not like the Paulie D situation that that was horrible. That's offensive. <laughs> but like cannoli cream into people. But think, but think about the extent they they really leaned into the stereotypes with that. But it was great. It was good fun. And remember, in this show, they were just Italians from Brooklyn, and they were you know, hey, come on, hey, well, oh, I can go for some lasagna right now. Like they said that stuff. <laughs> Vinny from Vine Sauce does the best Mario a show impression ever. Like he does it. Like it's incredible. I <laughs> uh, check out when he talks like that. Uh, but yeah, it, it looks like there's just a lot of love put into this. Obviously, care. This will take forever if they do a full game, like because if it's especially if it's hand drawn, they're already talking about trying to scale it down. If you watch the, this was covered. This blew up because of uh, Swanky Box did a, a YouTube video on it talking about it, and I almost didn't want to see a video on this because while I learned about it, you hope that Nintendo, you know, wouldn't be offended and try to see and do this well you said it's not public though uh so you know it was, as far as i can tell it's not public and i don't think they're trying to put it out sure. publicly but um, people would love to see a game like this yeah the, the, the great point that i've seen made is that this is the the one time uh from the swing box video that there are elements that were established in the super mario brothers super show that lived on in the games later on like like toad's voice being a big one yeah that were established during that show, the characters, personalities, somewhat things like that, but Nintendo never acknowledges the the cartoons themselves. They never talk about them. They never do anything with them. Any merchandise, they've grown past it. Where now Mario is like this almost non. They try to make him a non-Italian character, even though he's definitely Italian. Now he's some like generic. Didn't they say he's not a plumber anymore? Well, they said he's like 24 years old. 26. When Captain Lou was like 50 when he did this show. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. A young, sprightly, here's 26. Why why are you ignoring what you established in the 80s? You know, in early 90s about what Mario is. Does he look like he's not Italian to you? I mean, look at him. Anyway, so that, that was a very good point. This gets back to the roots of what we thought of Mario being before they made him sanitize, you want to say, by the time it got to N64. Yeah. yeah he's still at, hey, let's go. But like, they're already trying to make him non-Italian kind of, and make him more cartoony and goofy at that point, even though they still had the Italian, you know, stereotypes. Of, but the, the pasta stuff was only though, you know, seeing that cartoon though. The pasta, like the, oh yeah. Pasta and meatballs all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't offended. I sh- Maybe I should have been. It wasn't, you know, Pauly D with 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 fucking uh, cream, uh, fr- fucking fr- shoot cannoli, cannoli cream into people's while, mouths while someone dressed in a Mario fucking costume is waving the Italian yeah, was, flag. Yeah, holy shit! Oh my god! Thanks for reminding. Was that last year? Holy shit! <laughs> I didn't want to fight someone as much as I wanted to in my life <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Anyway, so this is a uh, this is a, a magnificent looking project. Obviously, uh. The guy doing it has obviously a big pedigree as being an animator, so it's legit. I love in the video put out, you can actually see the, the just the, the line drawings uh-huh. of like Mario flipping in the air, and like so you see it developing like, like a real cartoon. They do the, the line drawings first, then they start filling in and uh, developing from there. It's, it's it looks fantastic here. It's what, what more to say about it. it? Even has like the old Koopa look of, of the Koopas. They how they looked kind of like drones back then. They didn't actually look kind of look like turtles that yeah. much, you know. So I guess we'll check back on this in a couple of years, and maybe they'll have a few more stages done. 
Because this is a lot of work. Yeah, it is. There's a reason they don't make a lot of hand-drawn you know, animated movies anymore. It's a ton of work uh, to do it. And, and, and it's tough. Uh, all the frames you have to do. I think they didn't mention, like, you don't have to cut down the amount of frames of animation per, per movement from, like, in half. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's insane. You have and to it still looks every... nice. It still looks... Yeah, you can get away with it. You can do, like, even, like, six, seven frames in a second. You don't need, like, you know, 24 frames of animation. You know, it doesn't, doesn't be classic Disney here. All right. Well, that's a, that's a feel-good story that hopefully Nintendo's like, all right, lawyers, why don't you, you know, let's... Let's Keep an eye down. on it, but you can let that family uh, have pre- its fun. Pretend not to know what's happening, but yeah, if they put it out, video game, we're going to have to slap them, but you know, let them have their fun. <laughs> slap don't, them gently. Don't, don't ruin the, the, the kids' fun there. You know, the, oh, the 10 year old supposedly actually doing the, the game coding, which is cute. That is. Right, I, if I was 10 years old, geez, well, all I can do is like load up a game in, in, in you know, GW Basic. It's about all I could do on the IBM XT we still had. All right, Ian. Patrick. How do you access the. CU Podcast Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash CU Podcast. And what can you do there? You decide if you like what you see and then you give us money. <laughs> oh, wait a second. I'm sorry. Uh, you decide if you like what you see. Hey, you like what you see? Hey, you're not, we're not selling a car. Um, no. <laughs> so uh, at, at, at the old Patreon, uh, you can uh, read uh, a writing that I do about once a week. You can vote in a poll for a weekly topic that you, the listeners, decide. decide. Um, what else can you do? You can uh, join a hangout with me where I'll talk to you, you know, at you. And access to the CU Podcast Discord where Ian doesn't visit that much anymore. I have to get back in there. Me too. I wonder Maybe. if anyone else goes there. But the important parts of the writing, the, the early people, access to the video. people always in there, Ian. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. All right. Guilty pleasure movies. Uh I already gave it away with what they yeah. were. Uh, I'm sorry I did that. All right. In third place, at 19%, Nintendo turns 130 or did. What past non-gaming companies would have could have got into gaming? We were thinking about stuff like Coleco, which was, you know, Connecticut Leather Company doing a game system eventually. Um, uh, second place, 27%, favorite board games. Nope. No one cares about that as much. Number one, Ian, at 54%, guilty pleasure movies. And how do we not make this about Bloodsport? I don't know, but... Ian, what's some of your guilty pleasure movies? So, I I, I, I hate the term guilty How pleasure. How do you define guilty pleasure? Well, that's the thing. I don't guilty like the pleasure. term guilty pleasure because if I enjoy something, I'm not, like, afraid to admit that I, I, I enjoy it or that I feel is, guilty about it. This is the definition. It. Something such as a movie, TV show, or piece of music that one enjoys despite feeling that it is not generally held in high regard. So, most people critically don't like it, but you do. Um... Well, yeah. So, I mean, I, I know what answers people are looking for. I just don't feel guilty about it. Uh, my big yeah. guilty movie pleasures are teen movies. I love teen movies. Um, Can't Hardly Wait is one of my all-time favorites. I adore that movie. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You and uh, Mean Girls. But it's hard. Can't Hardly Wait is fun, but it would be hard to argue that there isn't merit to Ten Things I Hate About You and Mean Girls. Mean Girls... I remember, I've seen most of Ten Things... What was that? Uh, that was a takeoff of Taming of the Shrew, was it? Taming of the Shrew with Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger. It's a great cast. It's a fucking fantastic and, movie. And, and what's it's his name? It's so good. Not just then. And then you got the, uh, the the young kid from Third Rock who's done the best, best oh, thing he's in. He's uh, in it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, a great cast. It's a fantastic, fantastic movie, and Mean Girls is practically fucking. Never saw art. that one. Oh god, it's so. People good. swear by that movie. It's, it's Lindsay Lohan was at the height of her powers. Um, it was like two thousand five, two thousand four. But I, yeah, I do like um, 
I do like a lot of teen movies. Uh, like I said, Can't Hardly Wait's a big one for You know what? Me. Not another teen movie. That's a, uh, one of the best parody movies ever. No one talks about it. Cruel Intentions from the 90s. That's a guilty pleasure. That's a weird one. That's uh, that's one of the brother and sister. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird movie. It's the, yeah, uh, Ryan Felipe, uh, Reese Witherspoon, and Sarah Michelle Gellar. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I will sit down and kind of watch uh, any of that crap. I don't consider Bloodsport a guilty pleasure. There is no guilt in my love well, of Bloodsport. Well, well, most people won't highly regard Bloodsport, even though it's one of the finest martial arts movies, definitely of the 80s. Yes. It's yes. not all time. Yeah. I mean, it just is. It, it is. It helped. It helped reestablish the tournament, uh, you know, tournament subgenre. Yes, exactly. My favorite subgenre of action movie. Yes. Uh, I'm looking at this Ranker.com crowd rank list greatest, and some of these aren't okay. Independence Day is a bad movie. That actually qualifies because that's an enjoyable. That's one of the the best worst movies ever. Independence Day is good. Yes. But it's be, It's sure. It's terrible. But it's a, but it's well produced. Terrible. Like it's there's so many weird things that Will Smith. With his little quips when he punches an alien in the face. Yeah. It's just, that's a guilty pleasure. Uh, I see Dirty Dancing on this list. I see Roadhouse. Um, Roadhouse is a notoriously bad movie that people love. Grease is on here. Is that a bad movie, Grease? The musical? I see Armageddon on here. Armageddon I saw in the movie theaters. Armageddon, I don't know anyone who likes that movie, but it's on here. I mean, it made a ton of money at the time. Right. That was the height of like the Michael Bay-esque sort of summer blockbuster, late 90s. Now, I see Karate Kid on this list. Karate Kid is a well-regarded film. I don't know why I see that on here as a guilty pleasure. I've never heard people diss Karate Kid. It's a really good movie overall. Ghostbusters is on this list. That's a really good movie. I don't know why that would be on here. Um, Alita Battle Angels on this on this list. Is that already a guilty pleasure was that a bad movie i don't it looked like shit point break i can see that that's a good movie star uh, point if point breaks a point if point break is a uh, what a patrick swayze stuff on this list if point break is a bad movie or a guilty pleasure then i am fucking guilty because that movie is fantastic starship troopers is a is a starship troopers is a weird fucking one johnny utah johnny utah is one of the greatest cops well, in fucking film history well people don't realize that that starship troopers you know, is a satire. Yes. A lot of people don't realize that. If you if you play it straight, yeah, it's a terrible movie about people battling bugs. But it's supposed to be a satire. Now, I'm not sure. I haven't read. I haven't watched in a while. I forget how strongly those satirical t- tones come through. I know, like in all the doing my part things and on the government yeah. things, it's obvious. But once I get to like the battle stuff, I forget. But Con Air is a bad movie that I will watch. That to me, that's a guilty p- pleasure. That's honestly, that's a terrible movie. I want to watch Con Point Break Air. again. You ever watched all the way through? Pirates of, the, <sighs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Bodie, that first Pirates Johnny! movie. That first Pirates movie is really actually good. I would not put that on this list. They 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 get worse as they go along. The uh, first but, one was pretty decent. The uh, second, the second and third second one were fine. They're yeah. bloated. I fell asleep yeah. I think, in the third one. It's like three and a they half did hours. Get bloated, yes. There's, there's, there's two others after that somehow. Now like rebooting it. Uh, Ace Ventura. I never liked those early Jim Carrey movies. Top Gun. I don't think Top Gun's a bad movie. It's definitely. A, I like Top Gun. It's a guilty pleasure. The sequel looks looks incredible from that trailer. I don't know if you saw that trailer. No. Uh, Spaceballs a guilty pleasure. I think Spaceballs is a fine little little parody movie. Spaceballs is what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's a goofy Mel Brooks movie. Lost Boys on the list. I don't. Uh, I was gonna say Lost Boys, but I can't. I can't call that. A, it's so good. It's so good. I haven't seen it in a while. Footloose is on the list. I don't remember that being bad. See, Bill and Ted is not a guilty pleasure. Bill and Ted's actually a fine movie. It's a fine comedy to me. Yeah, I actually think it's a fine movie. 
uh, Smoking the Bandits on here. I don't remember that. See, I think they're confusing. They're confusing like stuff that's not high art that's good as being a guilty pleasure. Well, I think, that's not what it means. I think so. that's but it, I, that's like why Caddyshack's I, on here. Caddyshack's one of the best comedies. It's I just rewatch. I actually watched with Andre. We came because honestly, honestly, I don't think I ever ever seen it uncut. I'm like you, you were watching Caddyshack. I never were watching it. I've yeah. I don't know. I don't. I just that's why I don't like the term guilty pleasure. Own the things that you like, but uh, of movie. I, I are I, you my friend, Ian? I've never seen Caddyshack. Wow. Okay. That was Ted, Ted Knight's the funniest thing. I mean, in the I could tell that that was supposed to be Ted Knight, but I yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, okay, Pookie. I watched a lot. <laughs> I watched a lot of Mary Tyler Moore. So Ted Knight was so. F- freaking funny yeah but uh naked guns on this list that was great galaxy quest is a good movie uh, see something like face off i put on the list because that movie was... sure i see i see indiana jones on the list indiana jones is one of the best movies of the 20th century and it's see, on the i list. was gonna bring up maybe the... maybe temple of doom but i love temple of I, doom. that's my personal it's, favorite it's my one. favorite too yes which is funny. God, Lost Boys is so good. If you've never seen Lost Boys, Big go Trouble, watch Lost Big Boys. Big Trouble Little China is a, is a good movie. They're trying to remake it with The Rock. I hope they don't. And Ian finally saw it. He re- it's a it good was movie. good. Yeah, I, I, I think when a lot of people say guilty pleasure, it's people, it's people who think they have very highbrow taste and they want to admit that they like something that's a little action. Fast and the Furious is on this cheesy. list. Fast and the Gremlins Furious. Gremlins is on this list. Rocky Four. Rocky Four is a bad movie. That to me is a guilty pleasure. That's a really bad movie, but you have to watch okay. Rocky Four. Rocky Four is. I do like Rocky Four. <laughs> I, okay, that's a guilty that's pleasure because that's just like like a, it's like a string of montages cobbled together into. There's like seven, six montages in that movie. That's the movie. It's a string of it's a string of anti red montages. Yeah, in the dying and days. Holy creepily Union. hitting on his robot friend. That's the whole movie. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, yeah, and stuff like that here. Mummy Returns. Pur- Purple Rain. Never saw. Command Command was a bad movie. I'll give it that. I had uh, Bonnie uh, and Lincoln. I can't remember if Bonnie hadn't seen it or if Lincoln hadn't seen it or if both of them had only seen it halfway. But I'm going back to it because I almost started watching it again last night. And I'm going to. I'm going to because, God damn it, it's October. Lost Boys. So good. Okay. Not a fucking guilty pleasure movie. Bloodsport's on this list at 64 on Ranker.com. Yeah, just to let you know, Bloodsport's on the list. You know what? If you're going to take a, one of those three canon trilogy, watch the canon trilogy. Uh, Van Damme movies. Cyborg is a guilty pleasure. Cyborg is the worst of those movies by far, but it's still a good movie. Yeah. I'll still watch Cyborg. What else is canon? Uh, that, that was him. Yeah, he, he did Bloodsport. He did Bloodsport, then he did Cyborg, then he did Kickboxer. Kickboxer. Okay. That was his original deal as a star. I was trying to remember who did Lionheart, or what, what company did Lionheart. But that was that was right after that was, at that point it was more mainstream, but Cyborg was such a weird movie because it was so cheap, low budget, Yep. It was like one of those early '80s post-apocalyptic movies. It looks like it was shot in the, in the early '80s, but it was shot like what was what was Cyborg '88, '89? Lionheart was '90. I want to say Cyborg. Uh, fucking Bloodsport's '88, so I'm going to say that '89 is Cyborg. Yeah. He had that weird, weird circular shotgun gun. It wasn't a real. Gu- it was so weird. Vani brought me home the uh, Cyborg comic. It was a one shot. And you get to the end of it, and uh, you get to the end of it, and it's like, watch the movie for the thrilling conclusion. <laughs> um, now I want to talk about Cyborg, because we never talked about Cyborg is the underappreciated Van Damme gem. Cyborg is a 1989 American martial arts cyberpunk film yeah. directed by Albert Pion. It was definitely somewhere. They made that in Europe. It was not in the U.S. No. Van Damme stars as Gibson Rickenbacker. I forgot his name was Gibson, Gibson Rickenbacker. Rickenbacker. 
which is hilarious. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, guitar bass. That's that's my name. I did not know there was a cyborg trilogy. I did not know. That Followed by 1993's Knights, also entitled The Kingdom of Metal, Cyborg Killer, and Omega Doom in 1997. I did not know. There's also Cyborg sequels, Cyborg 2 and Cyborg 3, The Recycler. I did not know. We've got to have a Cyborg night, I think, at some point. Anyway. Anyway, Ian, what's your guilty pleasure movie out there? What do you like to like to watch out there? And don't feel guilty about it. Don't feel guilty. But what are some of your like easy to watch oh, movies? See, fuck this. Tremors on this list. Tremors is still studied in film schools as having one of the best screenplays ever written. Tremors it's is text, amazing. textbook textbook movie structure when you watch Tremors. What a great what a great film. I'm pissed they never came out. They're supposed to have the series of bringing Kevin Bacon back. I know. And what sci-fi didn't pick it up. They're gonna do fucking Sharknado 15, but they're not gonna do a, a Kevin Bacon Tremors. Series? I'm always down to watch Bacon shoot some 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 graboids. Because Kevin Bacon didn't come back for the other four sequels, he was going to come back, and you denied us. He wasn't in the sequel. No, they got a guy that kind of looked like him with Michael Gross. Oh, to that's right. I, I've seen the first three Tremors movies. There's three. There's what four? There's just, there's a bunch. Or there's probably far more than that. I've seen. How the first could you three. not have the opportunity to bring Kevin Bacon back to do Tremors? I didn't know there was a 2003 series they tried. Yes, but. but yeah, I, yeah they, I, I knew that. They got You got You got to bring Kevin Bacon back for a Tremor series. I had the idea to revisit the character Bacon told the crowd gathered in Austin. Pretty much the only character I've ever played in a movie that ever thought this would be a fun guy to check out. Twenty five years later, just because he was such a mess, finding out what <laughs> happened to him post Worms would be an interesting journey. And you denied us. Yeah, that sucks. I'll you know I'll fund it, Ian. I'll fund it. Yeah, let's do it. The proceeds from a certain Super Nintendo iBook. I'll, I'll fund that. I want to see it happen. Tremors. Yeah. Tremors 3 Aftershocks. <laughs> Tremors 3 Back to Perfection. <laughs> I've Oh, so I only saw the first and second because Back to Perfection didn't come out until 2001. So I've seen the first two Well, by the third one, they're like flying around, right? There's like ones that fly, I think. Uh, Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. Tremors 5, <laughs> Bloodlines. Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell, 2018. <laughs> what? Tremors, Island Fury, 2B disclosed how do they do one in 2019 without kevin bacon when he when he wants to revisit the character i have no idea a cold day in hell a cold day in is hell. michael gross still doing him or is he even gone at this point so they're still the guy from family ties tremors a cold day in hell let's hit this main article real quick and catch uh oh, michael gross is oh. burt gummer oh he's still in there yep dying from grab boy poison by that point it was so great uh remember reba mcintyre was his wife mm-hmm. that was so great those characters are she so great. Was, she was awesome. So great. And th- that, that scene in the basement. Oh, my God. I got to get so, it. I God, Ray McIntyre was hot right back then, wasn't she? I Yeah, she, she was. She, was always, she had a TV show in the 90s, too. There was a time where Ray, Ray, Ray McIntyre was like... She was cute. She was like the hot Southern crossover bill for with the red hair. Sorry. Anyway, we're going off topic here. Well, thanks for that question about... about Guilty pleasure movies. Yeah, Reba's always been kind of nice. She's like always, she, she's gonna be what, 60 by now? McIntyre. Sorry. Now it's a Reba McIntyre. Out. Now we're just gonna start looking at her at, at her pictures online. That'll get weird quick. <laughs> um, all right, so Reba McIntyre, she's 64 years she old. She still looks great. She does. So, so, so the Tremors was what, uh, 25 years ago? Yeah. What was that 90, 92? So she would have been about 40 at the time? Nice. Good All, right. All right, moving on here. All right, Q&A time on the CU podcast. 
Uh, you want to do one or two here? Which one? One or two? You want to just do one? Let's just do one. Okay. Whichever one. Okay. Uh, this is from at Warren Larson 97. Prices will ebb and flow, but do you think NES slash SNES will always be collectible as the birth point of modern gaming? My answer to that is no. Um, I think because of... Uh, let's look at NES, just for example. I think NES had a... has had a longer run um, in terms of being collectible because uh, it is kind of the birthplace of uh, the, the point of modern gaming. It's It's when video games looked more or less like what they said they were going to look like uh, anyone can pick them up and play them today, and it's not like it's not like it's super abstract. You can pick up a copy of Mario Brothers and play it. You pick up a copy of Adventure, then you've never played it. You're never gonna. I mean, it, plus it, they establish the marketable characters going forward in franchises right. for the most part. So I think that NES has has enjoyed a longer run of collectability because of that. But no, I don't think it's I don't think it's um it's going to be evergreen, and I certainly don't think it'll be evergreen for the Super Nintendo. Uh, because once you get past the NES, I think the NES does love it or hate it. It's it was like the spark point for modern console gaming. Now, though, um, I think that the whole notion of modern gaming, the birth of modern gaming, the beginning of modern gaming, people who are younger than us, um, people who are born now are going to keep seeing the things that they grew up with as perhaps birth points of modern gaming. Sure. And I think those will be collectible for a while. It's like it's like we, I've, I've talked to Pat and I have had some disagreements on it. But, yes, there are people right now out there, and they're not going to try to do full sets, but actively collecting PlayStation 2. It's what they grew up with. I don't know that they're going to consider it the birth point of modern gaming. But at some point, the general public, the general collecting public, is going to be of an age where they're not really going to consider the NES the start of that. They're going to look at it as the start of 3D gaming or the start of photorealistic gaming. And I, I, I think that I, I, basically the, the, the importance of the system that they're collecting for, they're going to find their own reasons to make that system important in their minds. Just like we're sitting here calling the NES the birthplace of modern gaming, but I mean, there's other birthplaces of modern gaming too. The Atari, the arcade. I, I mean, it's... What do you, it's what it's do you, all what do you, relative. What do you describe as modern? I don't think you could something could, could be modern if it doesn't exist anymore. So, like when you say the Atari twenty six hundred, there's almost nothing related to gaming nowadays. It goes back to the twenty six hundred. You can say, yeah, there was cartridges, it was popular, sure. but it died out. All I'm getting the at NES, is the NES style of gaming did not die out. The, the 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 beginning point of gaming for everyone is going to be changing as as we oh, get sure. older. But modern gaming, he means like I guess historically would always be seen as that, and that's why it'll always be collectible. I don't know. Just because just because it's a birth point in time historically doesn't mean there'll be interest in it. Sure. Because look at like the birth of rock and roll was in the fifties, and people aren't listening to rock and roll music more so than modern rock or the, something like ACDC. The birth of recorded sound was, you know, cylinders. I'm not buying cylinders. Now I'm thinking because I heard that. I heard the cylinder in, you know, the Edison plants in New Jersey. <laughs> Murray had a little lamb. We were oh, I heard that. That's remember pretty that? cool, you know, those, those cans, remember? Yeah. That's still there. Um, yeah, I was kind of... No, it wasn't a shock, but the derision that 
the um, Switch Online got for not having Super Nintendo games and NES games. And then every month was like, who cares about these games? And it was like, these, some of these are classic games. Just because you didn't grow up with them doesn't mean they're not good. It happened quickly. Um, and there, pe- there was a lot of shit put on there. I wouldn't say a lot, Ian. But the point is this, is that I think people people younger than us, people like in their early 20s, would, would, would be willing to accept the Super Nintendo as acceptable. I can play games like that. I'll, I'll play Super Mario World, but I mean, maybe I won't want to play Super Mario Brothers, the original. Maybe that's too primitive for even for them. And so I think, like you said, in that respect, yeah, they don't care about what came before. Yes, I guess that's, that's what I'm trying to say. We look at Nintendo as the start. Well, some people older than us would argue um, the 2600, but we're going to look at the Nintendo, the 2600 stuff and be like, yeah, it's a little primitive, but the Nintendo stuff, no, this is the start. And then, obviously, you're right, because we did see that with the Nintendo Online stuff, people basically making the same arguments about NES games that we would have made about Atari 2600 games. Sure. So, yeah, that, that cutoff for what people think is the start or what they can easily get into... Um, that's going to constantly shift. So no, long story short, a, I do not think it'll always be collectible. Well, for, well, for just from a from a pragmatic standpoint, I mean, NES games are already on the downswing. They have been for three years now. There's just too many of them. When you say, "Will they always be collectible?" What do you mean? Do you mean any random Super Mario Brothers cart? Do you mean the entire library? Do you mean a high end complete and box copy of Super Mario Three? What do you mean it will always be collectible? I still maintain that 90% of the library uh, is going to dra- rapidly decline in value the same way 2600 games do. The same way you can't give away in television games at this point. No one gives a shit about that uh, console. No one cares about the Odyssey 2. Like, you're going to have a similar issue with the NES. It might take a little bit longer because the prices are so much higher now on average. But it will get to a point that, yeah, that they'll just sit around. And it won't matter if it's a point of anything. It, there won't be enough people to keep the value arisen uh, because we'll be dead or, or retired. And that's just a stark reality. Yeah. People will move on. Maybe people will be collecting the last remnants of physical media. They'll be collect- collecting Switch physical games in 20 years. And, and that'll be something people collect. I probably don't, don't see that happening, but there will be some people maybe that'll go after it. But, but we are in the final throes of physical media uh, by and large. And, it'll be seen as a relic in the past the same way like you know kids growing up might be oh it's cool they had records and vinyl and cassettes it's all on their phone or all on youtube listening to music they'll have no need to even worry about what existed before right that's that's just reality i mean piano rolls ian go back to piano rolls my grandfather's piano rolls pizza rolls Leave a comment on this web zone for some pizza rolls, Mr. Plinkett. All right. Is that, is that it? We want to do another topic? Or are you good? I'm good. We're good. We're good. We, we used to do three-hour podcasts. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was nice. How hypermanic was I back in like 2013, 14 that I could do that? Real hypermanic. Well, I got the NES guy booked up because I was manic. But yeah, we used to do, remember we used to do like 25 topics? Yeah, it was gross. Now we, we can't get to like 10 without being, oh, I'm tired. I'm old now. And we do it weekly. Well, plus we had so many little like two-minute topics that... You know what I mean? They weren't as beefy. Yeah, no, that's true. We definitely had a lot of sub-five-minute clips up there. We've probably had in this six-plus years on the podcast, if you average out 180 episodes, we've probably done over 2,000 topics. Because the average is probably still between 15 to 20 topics an episode. It's fucking wild. Isn't that? Can you imagine if we did it every week? We'd, we'd be at episode 360 by now. 360. 
360. <laughs> Hogan was on Raw. I know you enjoy hearing about Hogan being back. Yeah, you know what they're doing? Great. What? They're doing uh, the, the, the fourth Saudi Arabian sweet, sweet blood Saudi money for they're doing. Um, so they're having uh, Team Flair versus Team Hogan. So which means that the Saudi princes just want to see the, the old, two old guys hanging outside the ring. They'll probably throw a punch at each other. I don't know. And just have teams fight each other, I guess, Survivor Series style. So it's, it's Orton captaining Team uh, Flair. And then Keith, Team Hogan is being captained, captained by Seth Rollins. You're already like, I can't believe this. Yep. Sounds and, awful. And Sting is supposed to be at SmackDown because SmackDown is the premiere on Fox's Friday. I would not be shocked that they finally do Sting versus Undertaker, which is the only good thing that's going to come out of all of this to finally do it, even though it's you know twenty years too late. But I, I can almost and guarantee you, miserable. I I just want CG fireballs thrown at each other. I don't want Sting to actually do anything. I want him to get hurt. Just throw CG fireballs at him. That was it. Anyway, I just thought you'd like that, but that's what happened on Raw. God, that's awful. It's actually a good show, though. Raw was actually pretty entertaining overall. And we'll see if they can keep that up. Well, Heyman's more and more in control, so you know Heyman's got a good mind for it. True. uh, There, hopefully Vince gets knee deep into the the XFL stuff that he stays away, doesn't realize what's going on. But Vince McMahon doesn't sleep. He supposedly sleeps like an hour a day, Uh, so you always know what's happening. (laughs) I know, I know. Uh. He's unique there. All right, so that's what's going on. We'll be at Retro Gaming Expo October uh, 19th and 20th. There might be a certain Super Nintendo guidebook there. Uh, Retro Balloons is the same weekend. I cannot attend it, but there also might be a certain Super Nintendo guidebook there for sale as well. Probably. So if you're you're in Dallas-Fort Worth area, you can do that. And I'll be in Syracuse for our turn after a year off to Retro Game Con. And that's at uh, in Syracuse, New York. And that's November second and third. I will see be seeing Rocco the Wonder Dog uh, there. Boo! And 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 uh, her handler uh, Antoinette, my friend Antoinette, will be there as well. So anything else going on here? We're just about going to wrap this this bad boy up. Just wrapping it up. Okay. Like it's in puff pastry. Okay then. Wrap it in filo dough. Ian, did you bring me any any mini omelets this week? Those were really good, tasty. I appreciate it. No, I didn't. I didn't cook anything this weekend. I okay. Was, I don't know why. I just didn't have the... Oh, goodness gracious. I didn't have the uh, the old cooking bone. The cooking bone? My green thumb <laughs> cooking bone. Okay. I don't know. Before this gets creepy with Ian's bone, I'm Pat Contry. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye.